The Dash Conference took place in Detroit in October. It brought together automakers, broadcasters, car dealers, and others to look at connected vehicles and infotainment in vehicles. One of the presentations was by Larry Rosen, the co-founder and president of Edison Research, who talked about traffic information on the radio. He says he's bearish on the future of radio traffic reports. The reason is that I compare it to school closing reports. I grew up in the Chicago area where we regularly have bad weather. You know, the way you found out if your school was closed was listening to an endless drone of school mentions on a radio station. And you would sit there, it it seems incredibly antiquated today, when you consider the fact that now I have a school-aged child, and if her school is going to be closed, I've signed up for one of those reverse 911 systems. They send me a text message or a phone call or both. When they make their decision, there's a website that I can go to to check if the school is closed. And there's actually a phone number for lower tech people that they can call with a tape recording that tells whether or not the school is closed. And the basic insight of all that is, why would you listen to the radio for thousands of school closing mentions? Because the only school you care about is your school and is your kid's school closed or your own school. And largely the school closing reports have faded as part of the radio landscape as newer technologies that give people just the school they want information as opposed to information about every school. That is what I believe is the future of radio traffic reports is you are going to demand a report about your commute or the road you're on now because honestly when i listen to traffic reports i don't care what's going on in the bqe and yet every traffic report every single new york city traffic report mentions the bqe but i am never on the bqe and why should i have to listen to what's going on in the bqe what i care about are roads like 287 and 78. i am convinced that over time technology will do for the traffic report what it's done for the school closings for a lot of radio people, they're a little slow to this discussion for a variety of reasons. For most FM music stations, they run traffic reports not really because they're convinced that's what their listeners want. Most FM music stations run traffic reports because they get a big fat check from the traffic companies every year to run traffic reports. And they justify it to themselves by saying, well, this is a service that the public is interested in and we um, are providing that service Everyone likes a steady income and and bookable money for the whole year. And so I asked FM stations to truly do research on their listeners and determine that indeed they are using these traffic reports. Because if they're not using these traffic reports, they're nothing but tune out. They're just bad radio. They wouldn't tolerate their morning team talking about irrelevant topics. Why are they putting a topic that possibly is irrelevant to their listeners on the air? Typically a lot. You know, if they sold that time, they'd make a lot more money than they're making from the check from the traffic company, or they could turn that time back to their listeners, if you will, with more relevant content instead of irrelevant content. That was my argument, especially for FM music stations, and then for stations where it is part of their essence and what they're all about, traffic on the eights or on the twos or or every 15 minutes or what have you. If that is their brand, is we are the station that gives you traffic information that's relevant to you, they have to consider where this is going and can they be the conduit to get you there where maybe over the air they play the hits. They do mention the Hudson River crossings and the BQE, but for people who need a customized, personalized approach because maybe they're not on a Hudson River crossing or the BQE, that they are getting that from 
a partner that they expect it from, a radio station that they've been depending on for this kind of information for a long time. I asked him how long he expected it to be before radio was no longer the primary source of traffic information and that apps were being depended upon. Well, people are already doing that. So we did a survey where we asked people, where do you go now to get traffic information? And somewhat astonishingly, radio is not number one. The television was number one. And the radio was in second place barely ahead of smartphones. And this was among a sample of all adults 18 plus. So first of all, why are they going to TV? Well, that relates to the fact that TV has really supplanted radio in people's homes as their morning wake up content. They've largely emulated radio's format, traffic every 10 minutes on television. They've also been rather clever, frankly. I pointed out in my talk that generally speaking, they hire extremely attractive women to do the traffic reports, often dressed provocatively, and it, it works. It grabs the attention of people, let's put it that way. Somewhat surprisingly, TV was the biggest source of traffic information for people who seek traffic information. But if you isolated 18 to 34-year-olds, the story changes, not surprisingly, but dramatically. And the smartphone was overwhelmingly the number one source for traffic information among 18 to 34-year-olds. So you can see the change that's already happening, that people's phones are already providing personalized information. They were getting it from Google Maps or they were getting it from Waze, largely, and now Google Maps purchased Waze. And the combination of those two, I think, is likely to sort of be game, set, match for this category. People are comfortable with Google Maps. Waze is a better way for the future to gather information. The combination of the two, like I said, is a killer. One of the criticisms of apps such as Waze is that much of their information is crowdsourced and therefore may not always be reliable. The current methods of getting traffic information are not foolproof, and no one doesn't have a story of whizzing along on a highway that the report said is that road is slow, or conversely, no report about a problem on a highway on which you are stopped with current technologies and current sources of information. So nothing is perfect, of course. But Waze is not just people saying, hey, I'm going west on this road. Waze knows you're going west on that road because your phone is telling Waze that you're going west. Furthermore, it's telling Waze that you're traveling at 30 miles an hour on a road that's speed limit of 65. So you don't have to tell Waze that it's slow. Waze just knows. Now, the crowdsourcing part is significant because it needs data to stream in in order to work, if you will. But over time, as more and more people are using it, it does have that virtuous cycle. The more people use it, the more accurate the data is going to be. The more accurate it is, the more people are going to want to use it, which is going to make it yet more accurate. You're absolutely correct with regard to very small sample size, you know, roads that are less traveled and Waze is getting a lot less data on currently. But over time, if everyone is, as the car becomes this two-way information exchange device, which it's rapidly becoming, you're not just getting information in through your radio or through your phone or whatever, but you're also sending information back to the network. It, the data is just going to get more comprehensive and more and more accurate, I think. So that criticism may, may be legitimate today, but I doubt it's, it's going to be legitimate tomorrow. Rosen was also critical of the current content of radio traffic reports. It's not news that the BQE is slow. It would be news if the BQE were moving. Every single report ever done on New York City traffic says the BQE is slow, 100% of the time. So why are they even telling us that? 
again, they should they they would be much more efficient to report the BQE is actually moving or the Lincoln Tunnel doesn't have a delay. The endless drone of the BQE is slow. I compared it to playing a hit song endlessly. Would you play the a hit song six times an hour? But they're telling us the BQE is slow six times an hour. I don't buy the argument that it's just great radio. It's just fascinating to learn what the traffic is in Westchester County and Brooklyn and uh, Long on the Long Island Expressway. No, I live in New Jersey. I really don't give a hoot about any of that. And I have been researching consumers with regard to this stuff for 26 years. And no one's going to convince me that people all over New Jersey want to hear the traffic reports from Westchester, Connecticut, Long Island, and the Hudson Valley and all that kind of stuff. Even Northern Jersey, we don't care about. I asked Rosen what he thinks about the overall future of radio. Well, I'm not terribly bullish about music on radio either. I'm mostly only bullish about the radio experience. Great DJs presenting great music, presenting community information, perhaps making you laugh, perhaps making you cry. The radio as jukebox model already fading and, and going to continue to fade. If I just want music and nothing else. Radio also functions, you know, and we research this a lot, just the mere knowledge that someone's there. Uh, someone's local, and if I needed to know something, he or she will break into programming and tell me about that. And again, so the trend of many radio companies to nationalize their talent and you know, have one show you know, all across America, which some of our bigger broadcasters are, are rolling out rapidly, is anti some of what people want from radio. I am a huge believer in live and local. I believe that being live, having someone know that you are there live with them and stressing your local elements is radio's only pathway to the future. In Somerville, New Jersey, this is Bernie Wagenblast, Transportation Radio.